This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. A stumble against Pittsburgh drops the Caps to second place. Looking for more from the goaltenders down the stretch and a critical series in New York starts tonight. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, May 3rd. Welcome to Caps this morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Much like the beating the Caps gave to the Islanders last week at Nassau Coliseum, in which the Islanders earned only a single point in two games on home ice. Capitals had the same thing happen to them in a two-game set at home against Pittsburgh, needing Tom Wilson's goal late Thursday to earn that point. And then a quiet 3-0 loss Saturday at home to the Pens that dropped the team to second place in the East with five games to go. The Caps, for the most part, Ben, played well. But in the end, the Pens were the better team in the two games. Now it's time to move on to New York. And Pittsburgh, give them credit. They came in. They meant business. They took care of business. The Pittsburgh Penguins did, taking all four points during the two-game set at Capital One Arena. And we referenced on the postgame show on Saturday night, the Pittsburgh Penguins, if they ultimately maintain possession of top spot in the division and win the Mass Mutual East. They will have earned it, taking six of eight against the Capitals in the regular season series and also having taken six of eight against the New York Islanders. So again, the Pittsburgh Penguins weren't necessarily picked in the preseason to maybe finish atop this very competitive East division. Here they are with just over a week to play in the regular season, very much in control of their own destiny and thought they showed themselves well. I think the storyline, too, on Saturday night, John, was after Thursday in which the Capitals did a pretty good job containing, for the most part, that number one line of Crosby, Rust, and Gensel. That trio, Brian Rust especially, took advantage of a couple of opportunities on uh, Saturday night, and they, along with Tristan Jari, were among the differences as Pittsburgh was able to successfully uh, complete that two-game sweep. Later this morning, the Capitals going to hit the ice for the morning skate at Madison Square Garden, and we will be keeping an eye on the lines and what they look like. Reshuffling the second and third line Saturday didn't have a whole lot of effect. We saw Connor Sherry get elevated to the second line with Backstrom and Mantha moving to the right wing. Rafa moving down to plant a line with Eller and Oshie, but nothing really clicking to any real substance in my view, Ben. This looked like a team that was missing two key offensive cogs in Ovechkin and Carlson. They need them both back. They need them pretty badly, I think, for this final five games. Yeah, and we, we had been saying it all last week, right, that the Capitals were able to navigate a few games without Alex Ovechkin in particular, and we said it wasn't a recipe for long-term success. We figured eventually might catch up to them, and ultimately on Saturday night, their first regulation defeat without Alex. But not only at even strength, John, I think the power play too, and they only had one power play chance on Saturday night. But I think with the exception of TJ Oshie's power play goal on Thursday, power play very dry uh, without Alex Ovechkin over the past week plus, and then you throw in the absence of John Carlson the past two games. The power play in particular, it's not only the fact they haven't scored very much on the power play over the past week plus, the opportunities haven't even been there. You figure a man advantage, you get some momentum, you get some offensive zone time, et cetera, maybe something that could carry over. And they just haven't been getting that from the power play. I know it goes ebbs and flows throughout a regular season, but the power play of late has been in a little bit of a rut. Certainly the return of one of Ovechkin or Carlson could help. And certainly the return of both potentially would go a long way there. As far as some of the the line changes the other night, I I did like what we saw out of the second line. I thought Mantha, again, he didn't find the back of the net. The finish wasn't there, but 
along with Sherry and Backstrom, I thought they played fairly well. They had some opportunities. Mantha, he, he picks up speed through the neutral zone, John. He drives to the net. He beats defenders out wide. Been impressed with what he's been able to create and the opportunities he's had. Maybe just a matter of finishing them starting tonight against the Rangers. Let's have an honest conversation here about goaltending. And goaltending against Pittsburgh, Vitek Vanacek got roughed up a little on Thursday. Mistakes in front of him. I'm not putting it all on Vitek in that game, but similar on Saturday with Ilya Samsonov. The breakaway goal for Brian Russ broke the game open a bit after Dmitry Orlov's misplay and firing a puck in. Uh, it gets blocked. No one back. Can't blame a goalie for that. But what I'd really like to see, Ben, out of one or both of these goalies in the final days before round one is find that next level. Make a game-saving stop. Bail your team out. No team on the way to winning a Stanley Cup is going to play mistake-free hockey. It's impossible. This is a game of mistakes. You win by making the fewest mistakes, and some nights your goalie's got to bail you out, steal you a game. Saturday night, the Caps get shut out. You can't pin that on a goalie if you don't score. That's obvious. But on a play like that Brian Russ goal, your team can get some serious momentum if you make that stop. I'm not saying it would necessarily have changed the result on Saturday, but the Caps won a Stanley Cup in 2018 by getting the stop of stops by Braden Holtby late in game two. And I believe Washington rode that momentum generated by that all the way to a parade. I'm not asking either of these guys to make a generational save, Ben, but I am asking them to get to that level to steal a game, make a save that turns the tide in a game. I think if you're going to have long-term postseason success, you got to have that. And both of these guys have been good. I think Vitek has had a phenomenal rookie season. I think Ilya Samsonov can be in this league for the next 15 years. But one of these guys has got to find that level if they're going to go deep. Yeah, and I think the biggest point you make there is is steal a game and stand on your head and those types of cliches that sometimes get thrown around with goaltenders, but we haven't necessarily seen it from them this year. And I remember saying that weeks ago, John, that you're looking for that big save at a big moment to to change momentum and, and bail your teammates out. Maybe if there's a breakdown in front of you. I remember a term Barry Trotz used to use years ago, and he threw it out very frequently during the season that Braden Holpe won the Vesna Trophy. He said Holpe was the team's eraser. He would erase downfalls or, or unforced errors that were developing in front of him. And that's what an elite goaltender can do, serve as that eraser. And again, not to put Samsonov or Vitek on that elite level just yet. I agree with you. You're not necessarily looking for that, but something trending in that direction w- would be encouraging Something else I recall from, from a long time ago now, but another Capitals goaltending great and Ole Kolzig talking about his postseason success that he realized in 1998 when he led the team to the Stanley Cup final. He said he felt that spring he was in a zone unlike any other that he had been in professionally to that point in his career. And that, that thinking of a goaltender in a zone, that's what you need to make a deep postseason run. You need a goaltender to be locked in and in a zone where just feeling a, a sense of invincibility. And I'm not sure that we've seen that from either Vanacek or Samsonov. And, and you do want a little more, again, we keep saying it, a little more leash, a little more runway for one of them to maybe get you know so many games in a row to be able to get into that type of zone. But you're right, that, that, that's the biggest thing. It just feels there's not a real way to measure that, like that big save at a big moment. You know it when you see it, there isn't necessarily a statistical category that covers that when you consider game situation and, and time in a game and how it changes momentum potentially. But that is something you're, you're looking for 
with more consistency that maybe we haven't necessarily seen up from a team that still finds itself, we should mention, just two points out of first place here uh, with just over a week to play. But you're right. Certainly, I, I think there's still there's a desire to see a little bit more from one of, if not both goaltenders, down the stretch and, and going into the playoffs here. You are correct that they are two points back, and it will illustrate this point a little bit later on in the schedule and standings before we're done here this morning. But for the Capitals, there still is the matter of trying to win this division. Yes, two points back, still a game in hand. However, this is a critical couple of days on the out-of-town scoreboard. And for the Caps in New York, the playoffs, yeah, they're locked up. But to have home ice, that's in considerable peril as far as I'm concerned because with the other three playoff teams having what I would call pretty soft schedules the rest of the way, we mentioned it on the broadcast on Saturday, Pittsburgh doesn't play another team in their final four games that's holding a playoff spot. They're not alone. We'll get to that in a moment. But with those soft schedules and the Caps facing a Rangers team starting tonight that has given them fits, Boy, you better come out humming tonight, and you better get points in New York. This team's on the verge of elimination. Again, we'll get to more on that in a second, but you got to take care of business in New York, or you could be in fourth place, and that's how close this race is. Yeah, and these are the games against the Rangers that actually, to me, John, of the five remaining for the Capitals, these two against New York are the ones that, for me anyways, raise the antenna a little bit. For context here, you do have two games remaining at home against Philadelphia and then a season finale against Boston on May 11th. We'll see what's potentially at stake for for either team that Tuesday night. But these two against the Rangers, first off, we're looking to see how they bounce back after a lackluster showing Saturday night against Pittsburgh. We're looking to see how they respond after mixed results in the six prior meetings against New York this season. The Rangers having beaten the Capitals and somewhat easily four of the six times they've met earlier on this year. Given what's at stake, given what's going on around them, the, the wins and the points that are being collected by some of their nearest competitors, certainly I would, I would like to think we're going to get the Capitals' best coming up tonight. But again, a tough challenge with the Rangers, even though, you know, on the verge of mathematical elimination, they know that this is a Caps team that they've given fits to. And that speed and transition game the Rangers come with, not unlike what Pittsburgh took advantage of the other night, also stylistically, similarly, something that's given the Capitals a tough time so far this season. Let's drill down on that. The Rangers are in miracle territory, as in they need one. Each of their last two games, shut out by the Islanders and Simeon Varlamov. Their tragic number is down to one, meaning any point the Bruins get or the Rangers don't, they'll be mathematically eliminated. So realistically, yeah, it's over. And they've got injuries. Chris Crowder missed the game Saturday due to injury. That's a big loss for them. Jacob Truba is out. They're hurting. No realistic chance whatsoever to pass Boston, but... That doesn't mean they don't want to put a hurting on the caps on the way out the door. And the speed that they've generated, Ben, against Washington this year. You mentioned the four of six. Yeah, four of six and even a couple of wins. Like it was in dicey territory there. Every game against the Rangers has been difficult. What do the Capitals need to do tonight to make sure they get two points? Man, a couple of Capitals killers there too over the years. And Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad has had his way against the Capitals over the past few seasons as well. Again, limiting that speed. I know it's it's easier said than done, but Peter Laviolette has been preaching. And when looking at the, the wins that they had over the Islanders, he was asked often, Laviolette, was how the Capitals limited the Islanders so much offensively. And maybe the Isles don't have those game breakers. But what Laviolette kept coming back to is it's a lot easier to play defense when, when you're in the offensive zone. It's, it's a little bit of a cliche. It's easier said than done. But his thought process there was, look, against the Islanders, they were able to get in on the four check. They maintained zone time. They maintained possession time, puck possession, et cetera. 
Uh, you do that against the New York Rangers, that would certainly go a long way in, in you know, collecting wins and points here in these final two games against New York. But when the Rangers have the puck and they're coming the other way in transition, golly, they could move and, and the Capitals ought to be aware of that, the whole five-man unit, et cetera, the forwards back-checking as well, chipping in. But they could scoot, they could move, and the Capitals will, will again, certainly have to be aware of that. And with that being the case, John, uh, the puck management, that always comes into the picture as well, limiting those turnovers. Pittsburgh Penguins took advantage of a few miscues, turnovers, et cetera. The Rangers did earlier this year in their wins over the Capitals, something the Caps ought to be aware of as well. If you don't have anything, just dump it in, send it in. It's not always the, the sexiest play, but might be the smartest thing. It might be the most conservative way to, to go about combating the Rangers. Here's the illustration part of why this series is so critical for Washington. Here's your out of town tonight in the Mass Mutual East Division. The New York Islanders starting the night just two points back of Washington for second in the East. They're in Buffalo taking on the last place Sabres. They will also play Buffalo tomorrow, then two against New Jersey Thursday and Saturday. Yikes. Soft schedule. Boston, who starts play this evening, three points behind the Caps for second and a game in hand. Don't forget that. They're in New Jersey tonight at 7. The Bruins beginning a stretch of four straight tonight against teams outside the playoffs. Then they finish the season with a back-to-back home against the Islanders. And yes, in Washington on May 11th. And both teams going to finish their season there. And then there's Pittsburgh. A two-game set starting tonight against Philadelphia. They'll meet tonight and tomorrow at Wells Fargo Center. The final four games for the Penguins are against teams already eliminated. Two of the Flyers and two of the Sabres. Other teams in the division are going to get a lot of wins this week, Ben. The Capitals better follow suit. Yeah, exactly. Fortunately for the Capitals, again, the two games against Philly late in the week. Granted, they're on back-to-back nights. You hope that's something they could take advantage of, not only because Philadelphia has been eliminated, but Philly is a team the Capitals have had quite a bit of success against already this season. But uh, yeah, the tough challenge first off against the Rangers. Two games here at Madison Square Garden. And again, I'm curious to see how they respond after the two defeats to Pittsburgh. Your standings on this Monday morning, adding further illustration to how big this game is tonight. 7 o'clock start, Madison Square Garden. Here and here, right here on Caps Radio 24-7. Pittsburgh at 71 points, two in front of Washington now at 69 after their win in D.C. on Saturday night. The Caps still do have a game in hand on Pittsburgh, but the Islanders two back at 67. Boston at 66. They have a game in hand on Washington and the Islanders and two on Pittsburgh entering play tonight. And the Rangers, they're all but mathematically eliminated, and they're at 58. And also worth noting, not only some of the softer schedules that the other top teams are dealing with, but just as the Capitals are awaiting word on Ovechkin and Carlson, some of the other teams are getting healthier. Evgeny Malkin expected back for Pittsburgh here in the final week of the season, and the Boston Bruins, who have been dealing with the injury bug for so much of the year, they are going to get a boost. Brandon Carlo is expected back after a 17-game absence, so not only have the Bruins won 9 of 11 and potentially winnable games on their itinerary, they too starting to get healthy uh, down the stretch here as well. It may not say Stanley Cup playoffs yet, but we're here. The Capitals into the last week of the regular season and getting into needing to win territory. Otherwise, they might find themselves on the road for the first, second round. See what happens here as this critical week gets started tonight in New York. Madison Square Garden at 7 o'clock. Coverage beginning at 4 with Ben and Caps game day. Ben, have yourself a great Monday. Happy Monday, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Cavs! 
Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.